to the podcast. It's yeah, the Comics Table. Everybody, Comics Table, 2018, June. June. Summertime, sunny time. My favorite time of the, the year of the season. This is when we take the Comics Table from inside. We bring it outside and have a picnic. We get our baskets. We put a nice tablecloth out there. And we put the comics table wherever we want. Uh, that sounds great. I want some of the salami and some nice cheeses, maybe oh, like a yeah. loaf of uh, loaf of bread. Yeah, and like a bottle of bubbly. Like yeah, a, like a nice crisp, a crisp sparkling wine. And then I'll have some of that, and then and then I'll get the bright idea. Well, hey, I've had a little wine. How about a toke on Tristan's bowl over there? And then and then everybody starts sticking olives up their ass. Yeah, that's when the party gets crazy. Yeah, and then somebody says, "Hey, we're going to the bar," and I'm like, "Well, I had some of that sparkling wine, some of that weed, and the relapse has begun." So, yay! It's the summer solstice almost. It's June 9th right now, but. We're cooking. We're so glad y'all are here to join us at this nice picnic. And we have a wonderful guest today who is stuck on Jersey Transit. So Who's not? I think everybody after the known world is stuck on Jersey Transit. Yeah, like on an emotional level. Yeah. I actually feel... I'm stuck on it right now, mentally. At, yes, me too. I actually did uh, go to bed very cranky last night, and I woke up very cranky. And it's manifesting in some lower back pain. You've but been that's, kind of a crank recently. Yeah. You're kind of a cranker. Everything's annoying. Yeah. I need more meetings is what I need. Are you a, are you a, a dry drunk right now? I think so. I don't know. I'm just letting things frustrate me. I am letting things annoy me and uh, trying to do too much at once. You know, not to make this uh, podcast too good, but I'm very sad right now. <laughs> About anything specific? Yeah, actually, I'm really bummed out about Anthony Bourdain, and I know yeah. that that's, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird thing uh, because it's not like he. I loved his show, right? But it, it's not like he had like a super direct impact on my life. But I think it's the concept of like this guy had a job that was literally something that anybody would drop whatever they're doing to do. It's it's he was he was doing a. His job was everyone's bucket list, basically. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to basically travel the world eating food and talking with people and just doing such a cool thing like that. And he was a very cool guy um, to then kind of turn the corner somewhere and be like, I need to like end it all. Yeah. Um, That's what's so scary about depression is that it can like really kick in so hard that becomes that that the totally illogical becomes logical. I've had that happen to me. I've gotten there. I've gotten close to that, but I've never. But I realized at one point I would never kill myself because a I'm much too much of a cowardly pussy to do that. But also, um, uh, even uh, even even if I wasn't like, I think maybe I'm a little too, uh, self, self-absorbed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's good to have narcissism just balance a touch out of, your depression. Just a touch of nar- narcissism. Yeah. yeah. I've got more than a touch and I think that is what keeps me alive. Yeah, it keeps you going. So that's a, that's a lesson for the comics table. Yeah. Hey, uh, be narcissistic to, the comics table, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so our guest is in the lobby. She's on her way up here. Should She's we- going to be in the lobby for a bit. There was a guy down there, uh, checking licenses 
uh, doing like retinal scans, doing and retinal scans and, and cavity searches. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was pretty intense at Ripley Greer Studios. Yeah, that's right, baby. Tenth floor, Studio Ten I, spacious. Oh, now pervacious. someone's gonna kill us when we're recording. You know, they're gonna find it out. Oh yeah, they're gonna camp out. Yeah, because our schedule is very consistent and predictable. Just so, so you guys know, uh, Patrick is the John Lennon of the group here. I'm Ringo, I'm more like Ringo. Like you're the you're the everyday, you're the work a day, taking care of business guy. I'm the one that lives the longest. Actually, well, there's Paul McCartney, but uh, I'm not that cool. But what makes me Lennon? You want somebody to shoot me in the chest, right? If it's between you and me, I'm definitely diving behind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, like you're you're way more kind of handsome, cool dude than I am. I mean, like let's let's not kill kid ourselves. Yeah, but everybody thinks John is super pretentious and kind of an asshole. So it, all the more, it all the more matches like, up. Just right there, boom! It's like an overlay. Yeah. No, uh, you're you're a nice guy. But you're get, you've gotten yeah you've got intense on your uh, on your your quest to comedy in recent times. It's not about that, honestly. What is it? It's a, it's just about so so Tristan. What Tristan is alluding to is we've we've had we've had some scheduling difficulties. Our guest is here, everybody. <whistles> Welcome to the comics table, Aaron. Scheduling difficulties. <laughs> well, we're just uh, we're just we're just doing a little jib jammer and before uh, before you get here. Oh, yeah, uh, I love your romper. Is that a romper? It is. You know. Yeah. I, All right. We got to get her in front of the mic yeah. if we're going to be having conversations out there. I don't know if people. Welcome. Uh, that's that's for you. That water right there. Oh, thank. Oh man, we're just giving everybody the internal workings of uh, this magical show. Yeah. No, and I thought this was gin. Guys, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, Aaron McGuire. Aaron McGuire, everybody. Hey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Sorry about New Jersey Transit. Aaron, yeah. you can get right up on that mic like it's your lover, and uh, it'll sound real good. Well, and if I'm you married, want a, so uh, there's the no intimacy well, anymore. So there I, you I go. To, I'll take it out of the mic. There. Yeah. You, you hear lover. that, though? You hear when you get right up on it, how, oh, yeah. how lush and robust that sounds? That, that is nice. Thing. It is. Chocolatey tones. Yes. Yes. Give us a snapshot shot of your day. What, what, what's going on for you right now? I'm in the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> Which is the best way to start any podcast. I just, I spend the better part of my life tweeting at New Jersey Transit. Like, that's all my Twitter account is for, mm-hmm. is so I can scream into the void of ineptitude. Yeah. And the rage of, I don't understand how we even function anymore. I remember being on a show once. And there was a random guy who got up and essentially gave a TED talk for 20 minutes mm. on infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what the hell is like the show went so rogue and basically we were just and all trapped a listening. Show. It was a stand up show. Okay. And then he just like launched into infrastructure and I was like, this guy's crazy. Cut to five years later, and I was like, the infrastructure of this city is a mess. (laughs) I used to, when I first moved to the city, I did the reverse commute. So I was living in Harlem, and I was working in Princeton. What? Yeah. What were you doing in Princeton? I was working at an ad agency. I was like, they're they're the head of creative there. What's Um, the name of this agency? Oh, it's it's not a thing anymore. Is it the one Tom Papa used to work for? Did you listen to Tom Papa on WTF? I'm I'm sure whatever he said, it was not this one. But he was talking about working at an ad agency in Princeton, and right. this is so weird that that's a thing. Yeah. I, I just assume ad agency or agencies are in New York or L.A. No, and I have a friend who works at an ad, ad agency in Princeton. <laughs> the gin yeah. is kicking it's in, kicking man. In I'm going to start day drinking more. Yeah. So that was like a two. That was almost a two-hour commute for me. 
That's major. Each way. <gasps> Each way. Yeah. And um, if the and there's a little dinky, like they call it the dinghy that goes from Princeton Junction to Princeton. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that would be like two hours late. So I would be like 15 minute, 10 minute drive away from Princeton and I'd have to wait for two hours for the, oh. or oh my, my boss God. would have to come and like pick me up. The guy who owned the company. <laughs> was it worth it? Was it worth all that? Oh my God. No, that's why I stopped doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of things were they advertising for? What, who were their clients? Oh, it was a lot of like local businesses, you know, like uh, restaurants and real estate agencies and other things like that. Wow. And you left all that for this career. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. To live left, your dream. Left it all behind. Well, you know, when you get out of art school, you don't know what the fuck to do with yeah. it. You know? So you're just like, ah, oh, man, I'll... Uh... It's like I have a BFA. Yeah. And it's essentially toilet paper with fancy writing on like it. A, like a $60,000 slip of paper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so, Aaron, you were stuck on a train. I was stuck on a train. Oh, is, it, is, uh, is Jersey Transit getting back to you with your tweets ever? Oh, they did today. Really? They did. But they gave me a vague answer. Yeah. They gave, we are subject to 60-minute delays. Mm. And I, I started swearing back at them. That's all my Twitter is about. Yeah. Like, I just want to... Also, 60-minute delays is ridiculous. And yeah. it's standard now for yeah. them. I, I'm like, I, I don't understand why we don't have our own tunnel. It's yeah. They're always blaming it on Amtrak. Amtrak's right, right, blaming right. it on us. It's like... It, well, it's, Amtrak is just the epitome of ineptitude, so... Yeah, like I know they make every other just because it's it's government run. It's a dysfunctional family. Well, it's kind of nice because then you got off the train and you got to walk out into this beautiful neighborhood. I know it's really this. This is it's, beautiful day. Yeah, it's and a beautiful was, day. Yeah. Everyone's out. There's just so much. I say this every time we come to this building, but there's just so much like acute mental illness and like so much <laughs> in this three block. Yeah, radius. yeah. It's I blame that McDonald's. Yes. It's so we're 24/7 about, McDonald's. We're about yeah. 10 minutes into this, and so far, just to catch you up, Aaron, Yeah. besides talking about your how upset you are with New Jersey Transit, I was talking about being depressed about the death of An- Anthony Bourdain, mm. and uh, Patrick was talking about being angry uh, just due to being Patrick right now. I yeah. don't know. You're, we're angry. You can explain it a little bit, like what, what, the, what the anger comes from. Well, well, but, uh, well, we were about to get specific about... Uh, you and I trying to get into a rhythm here with the podcast. Oh yeah, so uh, we 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 had fully committed to like we're going to do two episodes every month. We're going to do it like a bi or is it a bi-monthly? No, it's not bi-monthly. It's, and it's kind of bisexual this show. Bisexual. Yeah, whatever um, floats your boat. And then we 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 did it for like a couple months and then just failed miserably. Uh, because I think we were launching our, our show, which our we have live now, show. which Aaron you have a did. lot of stuff the other going week. on. I yeah. know. And yeah. it's such we a great show. You get such yeah. a good lineup and you have your, your mic. There's, there's a lot of balls in the air, which Pat, yeah. Patrick is trying to, um, get like, get out of the mic. He doesn't want to do yeah. it anymore. He hates it. Yeah. Um, I can't, what, like at, at what point do you stop running mics for other comics? You know? Like I guess at the point where I'd say right now you're, get, you're <laughs> getting booked for stuff like every fucking night. Yeah, but it, I, I don't know. So I don't want to. I'm happy to talk about this if if you think it's interesting. But uh, <laughs> I, I like to kind of think of it like it's not really on air because we're recording it, right? Yeah. If it, so if it doesn't work out, we can just z- yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Flip. But yes. yes, Aaron's right. We have a lot of stuff going on, and it's been hard to keep the podcast consistent. So Tristan and I just had a little a little bit of a spat the other day. Oh, uh-huh. lovers uh, quarrel. Yeah, yeah. It and, was uh, it was postcoital. 
and, naturally. Oh, so you were saying like you you think the root of my frustration is because I'm on some intense comedy quest, which <laughs> I I I know what you're talking about because I think we've all observed comedians. Let's let's make like this relatable. All of my comedy friends right now are in an intense quest. It seems like right, I'm, yes, where they're just getting like I think it's because everybody's hitting like the four or five year mark and they're like. All right, I better fucking be doing this or, you know. Yeah. Like, everybody's starting to get really intense about it. And you're trying to get past level five of Mario Brothers, and you're like, what? Yeah. yeah. See, that's I my keep frame falling down this fucking ravine. I blame the mushrooms. <laughs> how, how long have you been in it? Well, I mean, I was in the improv sketch world for forever. Yeah. So was and, I. Which, which uh, like, what? Uh, well, I was in Boston. I grew up oh, doing okay. that, like, grew up doing it. Went to school, did it. You know, I mean, when I first moved to the city, that's all I did was improv and sketch. And this was, uh, I'm going to date myself, like, the very first UCB, the original UCB. Uh-huh. Yeah. Before it moved to the 23rd Street location. Yeah. So. Which it has now left. I know. It's crazy. I know. And I haven't been to the new one. But I love the east side. I like the uh, east village. Did you go to Emerson? No, I went to Ithaca College. Oh, cool. That's a cool, like, artsy, performing place. Yes, yeah. a lot of people wearing hemp, uh-huh. a lot of hacky sacking, yeah. and a lot of drinking. I, yeah, I have a buddy who's from uh, uh, Clinton, New York, which is, like, right over there, yeah. like, Utica area. Like, it's such a weird yeah. patch up there. It's like, You know, oh, yeah. Twin Peaks is was born out of Ithaca, Oh, and that it says it all. Like, I, if you spend a weekend there, you're like, yep. Me no and my stretch. buddy went to a bar to get... Uh, uh, s- some drinks and some guy just called us a couple of fags mm. just for walking in, in the bar Ithaca? to order drinks. Uh, no, this was in this was well, this was you know upstate New York, but not specifically Ithaca. Uh. I think Ithaca is like a little liberal center in the middle of country. Kind of country, they yeah. get country. It's, seriously, they are. It's like they might as well be like kick, kick up in you know. Yeah, up it's there. it's yeah. it's like southern mentality right. with a worse accent. But we were just trying to figure out like what made us. Uh, like worthy of that uh, particular slur, uh, like just based off of walking in and ordering a drink. Yeah. Well, what was it? Was it an Aperol Spritz? <laughs> well, we jo- I mean, yeah, we were joking. <laughs> like, what are you, you fags, dude, over there? Why don't you come over here and kiss me on the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? I'm so repressed right now. What was the drink? Do you remember? I ordered uh, whiskey. Oh, that's so not. Maybe, maybe yeah. I ordered if you whiskey. Had he ordered a beer. beer. No, I think it was just that we weren't like regulars that he saw there all the time, and yeah. we came in two friends, not a fucking depressed dude by himself. You yeah. know, and clearly With there's two categories: depressed or fag. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. you just you, you were they were categorizing. Like, yeah. That's you all. seem you seem upbeat like people that are open with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you showered. Yeah. Or maybe like, it was hopeful. Maybe it was they thought maybe you would yes and it, and then there would be a group sex situation. Right, exactly. Oh, I I took that the other way. Like like this was somebody who was just trying to push the boundaries to to make a more equal life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. The, it was actually his way of welcoming you. Guys. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's like I get you, man. Yeah. He was fully erect at the time, so I mean, it's possible. Well, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, I asked about like when you started and all that stuff. So I'm curious. So if you were around for the first phase of UCB, you've seen lots of people probably get intense about their careers and things to move along for them. Oh yeah. Have you, how did, how, how did you sort of experience that where, cause Tristan and I are in this about four and a half years or something. So I'm at the five year mark for pure stand up. Yeah. So, and that's, I feel the same way. It's funny. It's like, it's like the gauntlet gets thrown at year five and somebody else said the same thing to me they were like you in or you're out yeah 
and I well, put my yeah, foot they on say the like gas. In, like when you're like I don't know if they were saying five or six years, but they're like at that point if you're not, you know, you like and and this is the bullshit that I hate with every every comedian, especially the ones that have made it to some degree, establish like what it is that it has to be in order for you to be a successful comedian. And that's like very specific to their journey. Like it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that it's the same thing for everybody. Well, what's the bar? You know, is it considering are you passed at certain clubs? Right. That's the thing. You know? It's like, so yeah, that's like one thing I was here. Like, oh, you have to be passed at, you have to be past enough clubs to be doing shows every night um, at, by the time you're five years in or, you know, you should quit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to go pop open a vein after this right. podcast, yeah. but I'm going to do it on New Jersey Transit yeah. just to get them back. Oh, hell yeah. Let's get a, let's get a 90 minute delay going. Yeah. Let's not, let's not have more horrible suicides, please. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bringing it back to that. Yeah. How, That's did you have week. any sort of uh, relationship with Anthony Bourdain as you a know, viewer or anything like that? My husband loved him mm. and would watch him all the time. And I always thought, truthfully, I was like, oh, who's this D-bag? It's yeah. like he's so full of himself. Mm -hmm. And then I watched enough of his stuff and he made me read like parts of Kitchen Confidential. And then I was kind of like, all right, okay. I started to like him more in the past like year when it's almost like he's so he was so comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. That's why I feel like that was a surprise yeah, well, yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. When, he, when somebody who's been through the ringer and he's so upfront and honest about like i've been through this kind of drug use and i've survived this and it's almost seemed like he was such a survivor that it surprised me that yeah. he would do that yeah he strikes me as one of the like a keith richards personality that would just run the whole thing into the ground yeah. and not necessarily in terms of like drinking partying but just in the terms of like living a full life and burn life out yeah, yeah. well yeah. you know i heard some kind of speculation that like his relationship was falling apart or something like that which mm. is speculation i mean i don't know if there's there's any truth to that but well, i mean his girlfriend was one of the people molested by harvey weinstein yeah oh, i know which that. i didn't know about yeah yeah mm. she was like probably like one of the like more like the, like the point person for that movement basically oh really yeah oh wow but he was like very supportive of her during that and uh um but then i don't know i saw some kind of article that was like oh yeah she was seen with some guy in some other country and they're like we're kind of cuddly up with each other and they were going to release these pictures but, but they, he doesn't even strike me as the kind of guy who would let a woman yeah, like right. get him so far down yeah, yeah but you, know, you don't clinical. know you never know man i mean like sometimes those you like people that that have everything else together it's like that they'll have like a sore spot there where it'll just be like it's that just, that's heel. enough that's yeah it's enough to fucking take you down who but knows? he said he, he, there's you know. a quote about his daughter and how his daughter changed his perspective right. on life. And he was like, now just I just need to, to not understand do why, stupid. you know? Yeah. yeah. And nobody will. And it's just so surprising. So it was like, it was like Robin Williams was really uh, upsetting for me too. I was like really bummed out for a while about that one. But then when it kind of came out like, Oh, he had like a degenerative disease that he was yeah. aware of. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well it still sucks. But like, basically he was like, I'm going to go out on my own terms and, do this yeah but it's like i also am like why don't any of these fuckers write a goddamn what happened to suicide notes <laughs> yeah what yeah. happened to, to the, the lost art of the right, suicide because you know? at least in that like maybe if you wrote one you'd think about it for a second and be like nah i'm yeah, not gonna do this yeah maybe that should be and maybe if, that should be yeah. a requirement right or like, if you actually went through it at least people would have some fucking clue yeah you explain know. yourself um, well didn't did kate spade write one she did i think she wrote but it was like it was like 
I think posted. It was not that long. Yeah, and I think uh, I think, and I'm going. I'm I'm one of those shitty people that's like, well, I read a headline that said blah blah blah, but I read a headline that said something like she addressed her daughter in the note and said, "Ask your father any yeah. questions you have." Which, if that's true, that's Ugh. that's Ouch. like that's really hard. But I mean, I think there's no logic when when de- depression totally is crushing your soul. Logic no longer exists. No, but I, know? I, I, but but I, I think to uh, to take something like man, we are really going down this road. To take uh, <laughs> to take it to take something like that though, and I, I feel like a lot of times when issues happen, people like to just compartmentalize it down to like one item that like is going to explain it for them, uh, categorize it in one way. That's very much like what we do as society with a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a mistake in this because i think that it's not just that simple i mean you could have uh somebody that's a totally functional like not prone to depression person and then just they get hit with a certain thing and then that's it like like I, all right for, for me for instance like back in i think it was like 2009 um i uh uh like the 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 housing market crashed and i was doing like freelance work um, at the time, like doing websites and, and design for people and that kind of stuff. And all my clients like either went out of business or stopped, get it. Like they just turned the stop all advertising uh, like overnight. And so I went, I, I was all of a sudden I was having like zero income and then, um, the rent started to get back. And so my girlfriend at the time was like, um, if you don't fucking take care of this, like we're done. Um, so I was like, I'm going to lose my place. I'm going to lose my girlfriend. I have no income coming in. I don't know what to do next with myself. And there was a moment there was like, wow, I totally get why you'd kill yourself. Yeah. Like up yeah. until that point, like I would, you never even have thought about that. Um, but, but in that moment I was just like, holy shit, you know, you, Patrick, you have back pain right now. Imagine if the back pain got more intense to the point where you couldn't sleep and then you were going to doctors and like, we can't do anything yeah. for you. I mean, what a small thing, right? Everything else yeah. is functional. You're healthy, but you've just got this, this, this back pain that won't go away. And that, you know, I mean, for, I think that it can push people over the edge eventually where they're like, fuck it, you know, yeah, like, totally. um, so there's so many different variables, variables. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you went uh, there. <laughs> Look, at you took the air out of the podcast. Well, oh yeah, that's the other thing. One time, like my ears, my ears. I have ringing in my ears all the time. Even now, like it's loud. Like I have <gasps> loud ringing in my ears all the time. Uh, tinnitus, and um, so like I w- there's mornings when I wake up and I'm like, maybe I'll kill myself. <laughs> oh like, my god! But but I wouldn't actually. But like but th- but I can understand. Like it's just so it's so irritating and grating. But then the thing is, I realize like the only constant in the universe the only thing that doesn't change is that everything changes mm. that everything can like become different and so i went to a ear doctor and i i have to spend like eight thousand dollars but if i get some um hearing aids then my, my ringings reduce significantly like to the yeah. point where i almost don't notice it is it like noise canceling hearing aids well basically your brain Sponsored your brain Bose. makes up yeah makes up the tones that it's not getting. Mm. So it just creates this tone in your, in your, that it's just like, we, um, because it's not getting that yeah. from your ear, but the hearing aids amplified those ranges and then your brain doesn't have to fill that in. Yeah. And then you stop hearing the ringing. That's I, what my father's going through right now too. Yeah. And I'm sure he's way older than I am. Well, that's how, you'd be surprised. No, no. That's what I'm like. He, but he refuses to even entertain the idea uh-huh. of getting hearing mm-hmm. aids. And I think it's because I don't know if he's um, morphed 
it, like he's just adapted to his surroundings. You know, like the mole people live underground for so yeah. long that uh-huh. like basically their eyes adapt to the darkness. I think my father's lived with my mother so long that he can't pick up the tones of her voice. <laughs> That yeah. he's evolved, yeah. basically. So when I go home and we're like, you need to get hearing aids. Yeah. He won't even go. He won't take He's like, a- I like not hearing your mother. Exactly. Yeah. It's wonderful. He's like, yeah. he's toned her out. This is how I want it. <laughs> this is how it's gone. So many of these things I think are like results and symptoms of just like modern life. Like I think capitalism, like what you described, losing the job, losing the girlfriend, rent going up, money problems. I think capitalism, I think is in its early stages in the grand scheme of things like capitalism is what like modern capitalism like 500 years old 300 years old or something like that stress hasn't that intense stress hasn't affected people until recent history and then psychology always getting stressed by money okay but like nowadays like where it's especially in a city like this it's just the the pressure is so high all the time uh, Back during the, the the Great Depression, you had like guys leaping out of yeah. windows every day, yeah. practically. Um, yeah, but I think that's just a limited. That's so short sighted, limited, um, because now we have antidepressants. Well, no, not even that. It's just like which, which if was you just something keep else in mind that no matter how shitty something is, it's going to change. Something's going to happen different the next day. Like I, I got a way better job like a couple months later. After yeah. everything, you know, because it forced me to change what I was doing. And I took some other guy's job and he jumped out the window. Yeah. <laughs> See, full exactly. circle. Yeah. Full it's the circle. butterfly effect. No, but I like that. And actually that it's one of the premises that applies to the field that we're in, which is as shitty as it is today. One stupid thing can happen tomorrow yeah. that will turn it all around. And I feel like that's that's all of right. life. I mean, like, so your wife that. and your or your husband left you. And you feel like you're never going to, like, fill that void again. And so you want to end it all. You know, if, if give it a year. Maybe you'll find somebody that's, like, way better than that dick bag that you were, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with, you know. Um, but stick it out. Stick it out. Yeah. yeah. Because there's always something else around the corner. Even if you, like, you lose an arm, you yeah. know, like... Mm-hmm. They're making uh, they're making these pretty cool arms now. In, uh, <laughs> awesome. In the uh, secret cult meetings, I got to go for my alcoholism. There's a phrase people use. Uh, they say, "Don't leave before the miracle," and I think that in specific to that, it's like, "Hey, keep trying to not drink, and you'll see it'll get it'll become amazing." You know, and I think that's true for life too. Like, don't don't hang yourself before you like you know give it a chance. Right like, now, I get it. Become if amazing you, if you have. Uh, like painful, uh, debilitating disease, and there's literally like nothing that anyone can do for you, and you're just going to be living in pain for the rest of your days. Like, and you want to do something about that. That I get yeah. that. Even though, even if I was in that scenario, though, I would probably still in my mind be like, "There's, there's going to be a cure right around the corner." Yeah, you know? I know, yeah. and I would be that asshole that checked out right before they right. got it. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, by the way, we got it. It's all oh, fixed up now." God, yeah, yeah but it, it's also. I mean, I, you know, I count my lucky stars because I'm surrounded by people who I was, they would be so pissed at me. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, he, he had the same thing. Like yeah. legions of followers, fans, a kid, 
a girlfriend, even if that was on the skids, you know, the so kid, like, the kid thing it? kills me because they, both of these people, both case Beta and Anthony Bourdain ha- have like teenage or, or pre preteen kids. And, uh, to do that to your child, I mean, I just can't even imagine that. That's just, to me, that's like the most horrible thing about it almost. Which makes you go, what was going on? Mm. Right. Yeah. That made you think it's better for me not to be here for their sake. Right. How is that? Right. Possible? Exactly. I mean, th- I think that you're just, there, I think, well, part of what happens with depression is it creates a level of uh, self-absorption um, where you just can't see outside of the scope of your own kind of sadness and everything is filtered through that lens. So everybody in your is going to be better off without you in your mind, yeah. even though that's not true. Um, even though like there is never, like there's nothing, I don't think there's anything good that's ever come out of suicide except for maybe Hitler. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're also darker and angrier now than ever. And I don't know if that's just because we live in New York. Yeah. Do you feel like the rage factor is like when I leave my house, my base level rage is Alec Baldwin. Like that's mm. where I'm starting mm-hmm. at. I think, there's, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of things. I think life is so comfortable and easy now and we're still unsatisfied and we're like, what the fuck? And then also like. Uh, it's so hard to make a fucking living where you can pay for anything because like the cost of everything's going up, but wages aren't going up. Um, so unless you're a fucking like Wall Street dude, um, you know, it's it's a fucking struggle with that shit. Um, also, we're all city people. Yeah. So that that's a factor, too. If you live out in like East Bumblefuck somewhere, it might, life might be not too bad. I don't know. Yeah, that yeah. takes a bit of a calibration change, I got to say. I spent a summer, a couple years ago in Sonoma mm. and I am so East like the, coast the store? raged William Sonoma, oh, William Sonoma. Yeah. and then they kicked me out oh. at nine o'clock every night. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> come on. I was just finishing my free Where sample is Sonoma? of olive oil, California. Okay. It's like wine, wine, country. wine country. Yeah. So chill. Uh-huh. Such a different life. I could see you there so hard. Oh my God. <laughs> just like getting you, hammered. Uh, but you just seem like, like, oh, I'm just going to chill in wine country. Like oh my God. I that. love that you think that being raised in like Boston <laughs> and living half my life in New York, like my inner clock is on a constant like like it's a jackhammer pace Mm -hmm. and you don't realize that until you leave the city and you go and you see people who live chill yeah and it's like you've encountered a unicorn it's the weirdest and i don't know how to react i'm so defensive and i went to a starbucks there in sonoma and the guy was like hey how you doing like smiled at me looked up made eye contact and i was like what do you want yeah 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 my first reaction is just so angry you you have to stop yourself for a second be like oh i'm the dick here i need to chill i'm the dick wherever i go people that finish dinner and they'll have like a long leisurely hang afterward at the table it's like don't we gotta be somewhere or they go to the store and like they're just like somebody's just having a nice conversation with a cashier and then like maybe there's two people online and they're just like eh, it's fine yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like you know yeah. there's places in the world where people unwind and it's yeah. weird i mean yeah i'm i also grew up in new hampshire like we 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 built our own lake house which is insane wow. to me if you ever saw my parents how the fact like this thing is still standing how many siblings you know, do you have just one brother so the four of you built a, a oh, house no, together? My, it was my father like built it and I just was a pain in the ass. Yeah. And I hung around. Like we really built it from scratch. That's it's like so a cool. cabin in the woods. Nice. Like, when I think about what we did, well, I mean, I was there when they were taking trees down and nobody died. It's astonishing to yeah. me. Yeah. Because we're so not, cool, we're, we were like city people. 
but it really was like green acres. Yeah. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were just putting wood next to wood and putting a hammer and a nail and I don't know. And it's still there today. But uh, whenever I go up there, you can feel the rage like slip out of you. It takes yeah. about three days mm-hmm. for the rage to just yeah. go flatline yeah. a little bit. I'm trying to put a word to the emotion I feel. I guess it is rage. It's like a bottled, pent-up, like, clenched jaw thing where I'm just constantly... It's more like, why won't this person walk a little faster? And if they're going to stop, why don't they move behind that phone booth like I would do? Because if I went there, then people can keep going. How come nobody's conscientious of me and my space well, the I way I am? The moment theirs? you're trying to project your values onto other people, yeah. it's a fucking losing game. Oh, it's And horrible. it's on a loop in your head. Yeah. Well, I... I've been getting angrier and angrier, and I think it has to do with my current moving situation right. being so intense and crazy. But uh, I was at Grand Central Station the other day in rush hour. Rush hour. So it's rush hour. We already know that. And there's two trains in the station that have just let out. So everybody's flooding up. It's like skin on skin, everybody's shoulder to shoulder, mm. and we're trying to get down to the trains. And it's just one line of people, and we're clearly all going to the same train. We're not going down there to be like, I wonder what kind of news <laughs> magazine yeah. area. Like, we all have an agenda. And there's a woman behind me who's pushing me. Mm. And she's going, oh, excuse me. I just, I need to get, oh, Jesus Christ, excuse me. Yeah. And I had that, that was New me, York by the City. Way. You're that guy. <laughs> yeah. and, you're, and you are that woman. Yeah. I had the New York City moment where I turned around and I got up in her face and it was like there was no second thought about it. And what I opened up my mouth and the sound that came out was legendary. Like I yeah. couldn't recreate it here because <laughs> somebody would – you'd have to like – you'd get charged more money. Yeah. I just turned around and I went, we're all going to the same place. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. I started screaming. Shut up. And my voice was getting lower. <laughs> and That's then I went, hilarious. Jesus Christ. And I re- – I ran into like the closest train car and then I just burst out laughing because I was like, wow, I'm a New Yorker. I love that. I love that you're, you <laughs> laughed instead of cried. I thought you were going to say you burst no. out crying because you actually took a stand for what was right in that exactly. situation. Exactly. Like we're all going to, what do you yeah. think yeah. I'm doing in this I love how different people, people qualify their New Yorkness through, I was really angry or rude to someone. I, uh, sat next to a guy who was shitting and pissing himself and i just read a book without noticing yeah Yeah. uh just like the various like tolerances well but things that are all fucked up and they're like you're kind of naming what would be hilarious like uh boy or girl scout badges you know like new yorker badges (laughs) on a vest first masturbating smash smash a cockroach with my bare hand yeah Yeah. Uh, a rat walked over my shoes and i didn't skip (laughs) yeah and the fact that, you know, I used to, because I was in transit so much, I have been in, like, I'll eat on the train. Mm. And if you look at what is happening on the train, oh, yeah. the it's level of acceptance that you have to just gloss your brain over and be like, well, there's a guy taking a dump on this same train car, but my egg and cheese sandwich won't yeah. wait, which is why I feel like if we go anywhere, <laughs> we're the people that you want in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> we'll true. never get sick. Yeah. yeah. We're scavengers. By the way, my favorite subway uh, thing of all time is some lady uh, masturbate is like a woman like masturbating on the subway. And she's just going like, oh, 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 and she just she's just going to town like her pants are not there. She's just fucking 
just rubbing it out like, That's for everybody. So, wait, you saw this or somebody else? Yeah, it's like some this? kind of, you know, like the people of the subway clip this was like the most epic <laughs> oh, was a video online yeah God. somebody just and that's the other thing there was another human being that saw this and was like i need to get a video yeah clip of this. we should document this <laughs> yeah that's a that raises so many interesting questions because you know you hear comics all the time talk about the difference between men and women in whatever way sexually but the sexual differences between men and women it's like yeah guys could whack off anytime any place if they needed to but women for a lady, it's way more complicated you gotta kind of warm up into it i assume so yeah. i wonder how many stops she had been on the train for yeah i'm gonna say that was a coney island bound train yeah. i mean yeah. like you I gotta mean, start at coney island to be done by queens yeah. also i would imagine there's got to be some drugs involved to get you like lubed up uh, yeah in that way as well or and full know. on maybe she's just gifted Full on uh, psycho mental illness of some kind. Yeah, one, mental illness will make you super wet. Uh, Isn't that good for all the people who are OCD on the train? Yeah. <laughs> so, Aaron, you're in the middle of moving homes. You're you are a suburbanite, right? Oh God, ish. I'll never. I don't blend in out there. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever truly be a suburbanite. Yeah. But my husband bought a house before he ever met me. And I never thought that that was creepy. Wasn't I talking to you about this? Or was I talking to you about this that I was yeah, like, there's talking. never been a moment. Like, my husband's 10 years older than me. Yeah. And he was a single white guy who bought a house by himself. <laughs> like a real in John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, why did <laughs> it, it never... And he's a performance artist in the city, right? Yeah, he's in Lion King. Yeah, so that that is interesting that he bought a house in the suburbs yeah. as a Broadway... And I never was like, I should check to see if there's a box of hair. That's fucking smart, man. <laughs> you know, nothing. like real estate's good investment. Uh, is, is it off the water? Like, like if another Hurricane Sandy comes, is it safe? Oh, oh yes. Oh, this is also you bought a house together now, though, right? Well, yeah, that's the whole. This is gotcha. my first adulting experience, and wow. I'll never do it again. I, I want to go back to being ten years old. Fuck this noise! It's just not worth it. This has yeah. been the most weird, stressful, half living situation. I, I mean, so yeah, so this is his house, the one that we've been living in for forever. And I was ready to be done with New Jersey, obviously. Yeah. I have a deep hate for the Garden State. Yeah. So we were looking, you know, I wanted to come back in because everything we do is in the city. I'm in clubs here, you know. So, you know, he doesn't, he didn't want to go back. He didn't want to go back to apartment living. I don't, well, I get that, but. And what's his, uh, his, is his. What week? about a brownstone somewhere? Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine how much those are? I only well, have one good functioning kidney. I think it Bay Ridge or something like things are reasonably priced somewhere. They're Bay Ridge, I'd like Brooklyn. Brooklyn. But again, it's it's like even Bay Ridge probably. It's like that's going to be it's a bitch of a commute no matter what you do. Yeah. I've never known a life without a commute ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why I'm screaming shut up at random women yeah. Yeah. and running away screaming Jesus Christ. Is that the, I've I never lived being in Manhattan. On, on Jersey Transit. And I was just having a conversation with somebody, and uh, I don't remember what I was saying, but, like, some woman was like, stop talking about the same fucking thing. <laughs> she's like, screaming. She's it's like, shut up. I have seen people get pushed to their limits yeah. on New Jersey Transit. There was just a regular, if you're on a quiet car, forget about it. They will lynch you yeah. my friend opened up a protein bar and somebody yelled at him oh the plastic sound car. yeah but so people get really intense about it and what i like 
is the businessmen who finally pop because it's delicious to watch. Oh, you yeah. just know it's been building forever. Yeah. And these guys, these are serious. They're just killers. like quietly seething under the surface. Yeah, at these all are times. the guys that go, you know, postal. And uh, one guy stood up, this was just last week, and he, some guy was listening to his phone without headphones. That is, Welcome to the world. That it's is so a murder level murder offense, offense, in my I agree. opinion. And he, this guy stood up and he was like, you're rude. You need to put your headphones on. And he just started <laughs> screaming out of nowhere. But then the guy said to him, he goes, with all due respect, sir, suck my dick. <laughs> and the guy went, ah, suck your own dick. And that was the end of the conversation. And I was like, that is the best way to drop a mic. That's all you can oh, do. that's the best. That's yeah. great. And then that lady was like, stop talking about the same thing. Oh, <laughs> See, great. people just And I was just like, and I think I went off like, mind your own fucking business. Yeah. You know? I like it when it's Might a group mentality. Might have used the mentality. C word. I don't, I don't know. I got, if I get mm. mad, I'll just go into like, how can I knife them with something? The kind yeah. of first words, time you know? I ever yelled at an audience member for like heckling me, I used the C word. Like the, it was like one of my first bar shows. Some I just, I lo- some lady I, in the back was I just like, love that word. I know. It, it sometimes it's the only one that will do. Yeah. Uh-huh. I once called an old lady in Target a cunt. Yeah. Mm. Yes, How'd I it go? said this. It it was the most amazing. She great. had a coming moment. Yeah. Every now and then I have these. I think <laughs> as a lady you have a little bit and, and and this is also because we live in the United States. We lived in England, everybody I think calls each other cunt, but like as a lady, I think in the United States you have a little more leeway. Yeah, yeah. we can own that one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for you the movement. You can call everybody that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like smoke for, if for you, nothing. Yeah. Smoke, smoke if you got them. It's uh yeah, say it if you got one. Wow. Uh, I remember the first time it felt so satisfying to put someone in their place with a harsh curse word. I was in going into fifth grade family trip out to California. My grandmother yelled at me for spilling some milk and I just turned to her and I was like, fuck you, grandma. Oh and my God, that's shut, your first time. It shut her down. And I remember feeling like I just fucking because I, I, I suppose before that I had had the feeling of like, because my brother is much bigger than me. So I would always like say really mean and harsh things to him to like diffuse a situation or probably usually to make it worse. And knowing like that is a thing that will cut this person. It'll hurt them. And all I have to do is say it with conviction. Yeah. And yeah, I did it oh, with man. a curse word with grandma. I, I used to love whenever I could get away with um, trying to take adults down a notch when mm-hmm. I was like, this was like 10 years or younger. I was 10 years old or younger. might've been like eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I lived in this like little suburban neighborhood in New Jersey and um, uh, behind the, the development, there was like uh, a little patch of woods and some kids had like created bike jumps and stuff. Like they'd put d- like created mounds of earth and you could just jump over it and whatever. Um, but also just kids would go down there and do whatever they wanted. So I remember one, I just got a hair up my ass. I was going back to breaking glass. There's a bunch of bottles back there. And I started yeah. just breaking them because I was a fucking yeah. boy yeah. and just yeah. Like yeah. a little piece of shit. And some lady was like, Hey, you stop breaking glass back there. And I was like, why don't you fucking come make me you dumb cunt? And I started just <laughs> oh like, my God. because I knew she couldn't do anything. She couldn't get back to me. Yeah. Um, she didn't know who I was. Yeah. And so I was just, I just, and I just kept going. I kept saying like every horrible thing yeah. I could say to her. And I, oh, I loved it. <laughs> and she was freedom. getting so flustered because she knew she couldn't do anything either. Like, 
Um, and uh, so I just got such a kick out of that. And then I remember one time I did it to a lady, but um, uh, in a different situation. But what I didn't know was she had my mother's phone number. Oh, God. oh it came back to <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. I came home. My, and my mother just opens the door from the darkness. It grabs my hair. And like that, that was the one of my nine lives. Yeah. That's a good premise she for a my horror ass. movie. Holy shit. The yeah. door from the darkness. Mm. I, I, I also feel like people are not. People are angrier than ever, and I don't know if it's just like the zeitgeist and that people feel like they can spout off and say anything they want with zero repercussions. So it's surprising, and it takes the wind out of their sails when somebody calls them on it. Yeah, Like yeah. that lady at the stairs was – if she had pearls on, she would have clutched them. Yeah, like you yeah, don't yeah. ever expect somebody to turn around and tell you to, to shove it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what feels delicious. Yeah, and in real life, in real life, what you did was what you cannot do very easily online, because online, in the comments section on Facebook or whatever, if you were to say, shut the fuck up, we're all going to the same place, then you got to hear what else they have to say about it. But in real Conversation life, continued. you held her accountable and she was probably ashamed of herself she probably needed to be corrected and it ended there you know and that's I wish amazing you were ashamed of herself yeah. i wish i knew she was saying something as i walked away but there was so much blood in my ears yeah that i don't know and i told my friend and i think it's just like the tension of moving like they say moving and death are the most stressful things that you can go through and, and i do think i'll choose you know yeah death next time but uh <laughs> i was like i just want to go in and throw some things and my friend was like the wrecking room, the wrecking room on Ninth Ave, and Where I had heard about places things? like yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Of course, we have a place." It was just on in this... New York was... where we can throw shit against a wall, yeah. and you can oh, you know. can uh, curate what you throw. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm totally doing it next week. Nice. If only just for the bit, like it will breed something. Yeah. But you get your choice of like you get one electronic equipment uh a box of dishes i was like this is the best every new yorker should do probably. this oh my god uh, we they would just did that i'm just gonna this fucking week's episode of the bachelorette was uh i'm gonna that? just call really? up att to discuss my bill before i do that that would feel great <laughs> yeah. have them on bluetooth headphones while you're doing it i get so <laughs> enraged with customer service people yeah. Yeah. i actually today had a big deal like uh, um, i have a car that's uh, that sits in queens and the one of the tires went flat because all the tires on that car garbage i mean the car itself is garbage but the tires were especially garbage and so i was trying to change a tire but like the the the, uh the uh jack was missing and the jack also has like the uh the thing to twist off the the lug nuts the wrench yeah Yeah. and so like i couldn't whatever no it's a fucking yeah socket wrench right but i i couldn't find uh so i couldn't find the proper size for the lug nuts so i call up a honda dealership because it's a honda and i was like i'm just trying to find out the size of the lug nuts on these cars and they couldn't fucking answer. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you kill yourself? Because yeah. oh. what else do you have to do in this life besides your, f- this is your fucking job. Yeah. And you can't tell them like, they couldn't tell me anything about anything. Ugh. They're like, I need, it's either a part number. I don't know anything. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what and is your, why do the they have a per- customer service? Right. Line? What's your, what's the purpose of, I mean, I, I know my, my, my feelings a little extreme on it, but, uh, it it just drives me crazy when when you deal with people they don't know anything about their job everything's computerized yeah yeah so nobody knows anything about anything it's all a head they in a jar they can't help you right that you know what's yeah. that it's all just a head in a jar yeah. like mm-hmm. i'm convinced most customer service places are like a, a dusty fold out <laughs> poker table like with a rotary phone that's yeah. covered in cobwebs yeah. and like a raw light bulb that's just swinging from the ceiling yeah. and yeah. there's somebody behind them with a gun to their head 
<laughs> Tell, them yes. Tell them yes. Tell them yes. So I'm curious about you, Aaron, with your yeah. rage issues. Is this Boston? Is it the Boston effect? People, you know, I don't know. Comment on what it's like growing up in a city like that. I think it's Irish. Mm. I think Irish people are angry. We have a natural rage that I think is mm-hmm. bred into us. And I don't know if it has to do with the famine or what. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, yeah, yeah but you go to Ireland and the Irish people are the nicest fuckers you'll ever meet in your life. But then you cross them. If you cross them, <laughs> like that's why the IRA yeah. exists. And that's the thing with Boston too is like, I love my hometown because, you know, not a lot of people who grew up there when you move away like it because, you know, and I've, I've talked about this is like you don't realize that Boston isn't diverse until you leave it and you realize, oh, diversity is white people of different heights. <laughs> but I, what I like, like about for some reason the characterization of all these people in Boston is like we're the least touchy feely people ever but everybody will lay down in traffic for the people who are closest to them. And people are like, cool, ready to go. You cross us and then instant rage. So I don't know if any other Bostonians, I would love to hear people weigh in on that. It's called Massachusetts sensibilities when I talk about it. My mm-hmm. favorite was uh, 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 like like exempt, like perfectly exemplified that, which is which felt like Bostonian, but also maybe part, like North Jersey. Uh, was uh, Casey Affleck did an SNL oh, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts Don't commercial? Yeah, that's oh, everybody I went to high school with. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that loved was great. it. It was Just so spot Nailed on, it. funny. It. Yeah. Oh, do you go to Dunks? Eat Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Absolutely. That, that's it. North Jersey though, because like I have a, I have a bunch of buddies from there, and it was just exactly that. They're like earthy. Yeah. You know? But yeah, they all like like whether they're in construction or not, they're always wearing fucking construction clothes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's it, obviously don't have the Boston accent instead of to be like a Jersey accent. Um, but they but it's the same kind of vibe and like that mentality of yeah. like like nobody in my family says I love you to each other. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, oh, it's queer. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know, like love is one hundred and twenty percent there. That's just how yeah. it all is there. Of course, I, I love you so much. You think I gotta say it? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't say that. Yeah. I always just it's fucking queer, kid. I, uh, I, I don't. What's your brother like? Oh my god, he's the total opposite of me. Interesting. We were Not born on guy? the same day, three years apart. Wow. Wasn't I just? Ta- I felt like I was talking to you about this. No. We have the same birthday. And you couldn't find two more different people on the planet. That's so interesting. Yeah. Even like looks wise. Are you the older or younger? I'm the younger. I'm the baby. Gotcha. Uh, so he's not very funny? He is funny. But it's just like uh, my whole family is funny. They're the not trying to be funny, funny people. Yeah. They're just being themselves. Yeah. So like he's not like he's an electrical engineer. Like He went to school for math. It's like I got a. 3.30 on my math SATs. We're, yeah. we're just, our brains, it's like he got one side and I got the other. Mm-hmm. And is he in Boston still? Yeah. He's in a suburb of Boston. And he's like married with two kids, you know, company man, family man. Yeah. And then there's me. Yeah. Um, what I'm are the your touched folks, child. <laughs> what do your folks think of your career and stuff? It's so funny because you'd think, oh, stand up is, I've been in, in so many different aspects of the entertainment industry, but this is the thing I feel like they're the most jazzed about. Yeah. They, they come to my shows all the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. In, 
they like to see what's happening. You know, I was just talking about how, like, I think that uh, comedy comedians, like the uh, the reputation for that, has like gotten better over the years because I think uh, there was a time where that there was kind of like a like a a low class vibe that that people kind of had for that, Um, and. you know, for better or for worse, I think there's a little bit more prestige to it now. Yeah, there's yeah. more respect or something. Is like to to at least acknowledge that it takes so much work to do what you do. Yeah. You know, and 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 the people who are working at the top of their game, you go, you have no idea how much effort has gone into that to make it look easy. Yeah, yeah, and I think like it's people are pretty savvy to the fact that stand up is really real and authentic to the person performing it, and with so much acting and you know, hosting a TV show or whatever. There's so many layers of like corporate interest and, oh you know, advertising and script writing to get a certain point across all that's all that's like out the window with stand, like good stand up at least it's, uh, it's just really real to whatever, whatever that person's creating, you know, from and, scratch. Yeah. And I think in a weird way, my family wants to be roasted. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're very excited because the new show I'm doing at the end of the month at Stand Up uh-huh. New York is going to be a lot more Boston, and it's about my family. Cool, more which I'm excited to do. You That's June 29th, Stand Up New York, right? 7:30 p.m. What it's called discern- Smart Ass. You don't have any deter- discernible Boston accent that I can- no, I don't. And that's how I first like that was my very first bit that was ever born, and it was in an open mic at Grizzly Pear. Oh, fun! And I I said, you know. I'm from Boston, but I don't have the accent. Whenever anybody asks me where I'm from, I just say the 1940s <laughs> because I sound like I'm from another time period. You that's do, like you do have a cadence that reminds me of Paula Poundstone occasionally oh, on stage. That's interesting. There's like a downward turn occasionally on some of your phrases. Yeah, things are are changing now. Now you yeah. sort of go like that's what I also love about the art form of it is like this is going to be a constantly evolving process. Yeah. And and who I am today wasn't who I was a year ago. I uh, I was just recently going through tapes of mine from 4 years ago to like pull together some old bits and revive some stuff and it was horrifying. Yeah. I was like, I cannot believe I did that or said that or looked that way <laughs> or projected that way in front of all those people. Like, I I was embarrassed and ashamed. And I'm, I had to say to my wife, I was like, should I even be doing this? <laughs> like, is this a total waste of my time? Because uh, so, you're like, yeah. five years from now, am I going to look back at my tapes now that I think yeah. are so great? Right. And yeah. like, yeah. oh. No, it's 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 so brutal to think of like how much refining and honing has to go into all this stuff. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> that's my pep talk. Of the day. <laughs> I feel so good. I mean, if we started with suicide, we're coming yeah. back around. Yeah, coming back around. Um, you know, I'm bringing up a, a, a subject that I've come in talking to people about. What do you think about? Uh, so you know, there's always like a lot of stuff that people are talking about in terms of uh, equality and like gender versus race and all the other kinds of things um in terms of the multiculturalism of of art and Mm -hmm. of uh, the things that we do um like a lot of people pose the question this was something um i've heard in both like improv and but more in stand-up um it's like why aren't there more women comedians you know like and i and i and i'll see that sometimes like sometimes we'll have a mic and 20 people are there and they're all dudes oh Um, always always um I, I don't I don't see that as much with improv. I felt like improv was more evenly distributed. Yeah. Um, but there's also it's also a very like a younger crowd, I guess, 
like mm. like everybody seems to be in their 20s and the, like the people that are like older like maybe the vets that have been doing it for a really long time but in stand up like you do see that and my theory was basically what I was already talking about before that that men get involved a lot of times in in things because there's like a I want to get fucked factor yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah. like, like, you know, some of the best guitarists in the world are like, oh man, I just got in this to meet chicks. And then, you know, I'm the most amazing guitarist in the world now. Yeah. Um, like people get involved, like, like guys, they have like these kinds of like more base motivations where I think women are a little bit more strategic about like what they want to do. Like it's like, like, it, and, and this is total generous generalization, but like, I feel like women are a little bit more, um, like, like choosy about like what they're going to do than than men are when it comes to some of those things. So you have something like comedy, which for a long time didn't really have like a super high level rep, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was kind of seen in a negative light. Like somebody would be ashamed if like their kid was going to be, Oh, you're just uh, you're fucking comedian. You're just making jokes up there. Like, um, and so, but like men could be like, oh, well, I'm going to get in this because I know that women will sleep with me because I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe like a lot of women were not like maybe going that route because they're like, why do I want to be involved in this kind of like low level kind of Bro thing? parade. Yeah. Right. But now that it has more kind of like of a, it's more accepted and more kind of uh, has a higher status, I guess, uh-huh. like more people now want to kind of be included. So you still have the same like lump of like dudes that are doing it, but I don't know. It's, it's a completely, um, unscientific, uh, general, probably, um, totally wrong theory. <laughs> but, um, what do you, what are your thoughts? Well now, I mean, it's funny cause I see a shift because I feel like of everything that's been going on in the me too stuff. And I, I, yeah, I've been in mics where I just want to, oh, I want to run out screaming because it's like, White dude after white dude getting up being like, my dick is so dicky, dick, 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 dick. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I, look, you can be gross all you want. Be smart about it. Right. Be funny. Be something. I think that's, that's, I think that, 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 that kind of base kind of crass uh, delivery is like, so, I mean, because you get also like, you know. There was the the stereotype of women always talking about their period or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The same thing is just like a kind of like a gross anatomical feature that we want to yeah. focus on. And my ear gets so tired of it now, and I feel like more than ever. Yeah. Well, I've seen a, a, like a broader range of people that are rolling into to mics and stuff like that, yeah. and I'm going there because I got shit I got to work on. Uh huh. And it's tough for me because that's not going to be my demographic you know 20 something year old guys who were like i love my dick aren't going to be like i gotta pay 50 bucks to see Aaron mcguire in a club it's not so it's like it's i'm doing it now just for me to be able to say something out loud in front of an audience i want to validate that point because some people come in and they gloss over things they're being modest about but I got to watch you last summer during the last comics with an X standing contest uh, yeah. up at Mohegan Sun Casino. It's just like contests uh, where people, you do five minute sets and it, there's rounds and you won the contest after what, four or five rounds of yes, competing? Forever. Uh, but those rooms are full of people of every age range, but they skew much older. They're like mature audiences that when they see a sign that says comedy club, they're thinking late night TV sets. They're thinking yeah. jokes and premises and uh, relatable material and, uh, you know, not like alti, like, you know, East Village, Esoteric, New York City, yeah. deep thought, 20 something, whatever. And yeah, like 
I, that's why. So you've come to our mic a few times on Thursdays, and I've had this feeling of like, God, Erin's so good. Her jokes are so good, but nobody's like really listening or giving her oh, what she no deserves. Respond. I don't even care. And and that I won't love ever be the case. I love that you don't care because you you hone your jokes and then you bring them to a place like Mohegan Sun and win a fucking contest. And yeah. that makes me feel good to hear because. Uh, that is what these mics are about. It's well, just yeah. Like, I mean, if you're actually, if you're on your game and this is what you want to do and you actually want to get better, you know, it's like, I, I studied Jim Gaffigan a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that kind of like, I want to know now that my writing is so solid that when I put my own personality up on top of it, that's just the icing on the cake. Yes. So now I finally got to this point where it's like, if you're smart and you want to work on your shit, Come in there with something to work on and don't yeah. kowtow to the room because for this is this is literally the revelation I've had in like the last year. I was going into mics with like, oh, I got to work on this and I want to work on this and I want to say this out loud. And then I would sh- just drop it all for the sake of making that room laugh. Yeah. And then I was like, what the fuck? Then I just lost five minutes of my life because... I'm never going to be like, so I'm banging this guy, right, ladies? Like, that's yeah. not who I am. Yeah. So, and you didn't, you wouldn't have wasted five minutes of your life. It's like two hours of your life to try those five exactly. minutes. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, then I'm missing the point yeah. of why I'm doing it. Yes. And so that's why I don't <clears throat> care if I walk into a mic and it shits the bed. It's like, I'm not, I'm not here for you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm just here to to work on my stuff. And if it gets that laugh up on top of that, because it's, it's a room full of comics who aren't like really paying attention to you anyway. Yeah. So if it gets a laugh, then wow, I'm going to nail it at the place that's, you know, and actually for me right now, things that that are getting big laughs with comics are kind of freaking out real audiences. So, uh, there's like a weird inverse to that rule too, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I look in general, like I think, uh, mics are kind of like a bad gauge on comedy. I mean, it is other people, so you can kind of test it off them. And if something's funny, it's funny, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's like you can't. It, it's no. It's it's no indicator of how it would actually work in front of non comics um, yeah. for the most part. Which is getting back around to something we were talking about earlier is why. I like running one because I like having that little extra level of control there on a, when you or I get to go up and kind of, you know, we, we can choose to curate the room a little bit if we want to. Uh, sometimes it works against you. Cause if you have the same kind of comedians in the room, listening to each other's jokes, the energy is kind of like, cause you know, cause they know it's coming. Everybody knows it's all coming and yeah. you know, there's nothing surprising or interesting. Um, but I feel like, and this is to go back to the, the, me too. And the women type thing, you know, I was at a mic the other day and a guy got up and he was doing the usual, like, uh, he was saying something like I pound that pussy and you can feel the room now, men, women, everybody Mm -hmm. are done with it. Mm -hmm. We're just done with it. I'm done hearing about it. It doesn't work anymore. It's never been particularly funny in my opinion. Like if you were Louis CK once upon a time, you know, look, he said outrageous but you, know, you always had some kind of things. like intelligent qualifier to exactly. it, you mm-hmm. know. And that's the thing: if you do it that way, that's okay. Like, he, like I think he he had a whole bit on cunt and how he likes the sound of it and how he uses it and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. it's like, um, you know, I think this, if you do it that way, like you, you know, you can 
it can be it can be very successful. Yeah. You know? But also now it's weird because you like his legacy has been burned to the ground and you go, all right, the time for that noise is hopefully done. Yeah. And people are going to get up and say smarter, sharper, funnier things. I hope that that's and it's going to be different. Well, Louis C.K. is another one of those things that and this is probably like a contentious subject matter. I mean, some people feel so strongly about um, you know, what he did was so horrible and, and he got what he deserved and, uh, um, you know, like reasonable kind of feedback on like how they didn't, you know, how they, you know, basically like he should be, you know, he deserved to be taken out, that kind of stuff. And then there's the, the complete opposite end of it, which is like, he just asked some people to jerk off and, uh, <laughs> you know, now, now everything's kind of torn down for him. Like what the fuck? Um, and I can see both sides, you know, like I can see the one, the one end of like, Hey, he was in a position of power and he put these women in like really kind of shit situations. But yeah, on the other hand, I could be like, he just asked him to jerk up. Yeah. And I'm like, what a consummate performer on every level. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, and then people are talking about, uh, you know, like him having a comeback because I mean, look, a, a lot of people and I would count myself. Um, love, love, loved his comedy. Want don't would, would, you know, he's still alive. Would love to see him still he's do still comedy. Alive. I know um, people are like, he's, he's working out in the shadows. It's almost like Rocky. That's trying yeah, to get yeah, back. Yeah. I don't shape. think he's, I don't think he's doing anything. Well, you'll hear the guys on other podcasts mention, Oh yeah. Louie came by the olive tree and was hanging out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's not doing gone, sets. Yeah. He's not going up, but, um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think he'll come back and it'll probably be well, at the same time uh, brilliant and very upsetting for lots of people. Uh, uh, yeah. I th- I th- I and think, I'm curious to see it. I, I, I am very, yeah, very curious. I think, <clears throat> look, the the thing with him is he is all of his stuff is built around the fact of like, hey, um, I'm going to call myself a, gre- a creep, but look at me like I'm Louie. Like I'm an, I'm, yeah. I'm this I'm sweet, an average, I'm a yeah. sweet average guy who's just kind of di- shitting on himself. And, and, but now it's like, that's not, that persona doesn't work anymore because yeah. yeah. people are like, no, you, you legit have been a creepy motherfucker. Uh, so yeah. So he, he'd have to come from it, come and at it from a totally different angle. Like and that in general, yeah. I mean, I, I only speak for myself. I just wonder what's going to happen that I know when I'm hearing it now, the mood has changed. The yeah. room yeah. has changed. You're like, it, you know, I saw a set with a guy who was headlining at a club and he's established and has been, but it was so, it was like when everything had just really come out and it yeah. was so fresh. And I watched him try to adjust his set because you mm. could see him build up to it and realize that like the content of the next section he was going into didn't fit the mood of the room yeah right, of right, what's yeah. the room being you know the universe right now yeah. so you watched him try to backpedal and you watch the air go out yeah yeah and it was weird it sounds like you're talking about somebody who's probably got some actual experience and is probably a good comic yeah i saw the same thing happen <clears throat> excuse me Okay. So the same thing happened in a club outside the city where the quote unquote headliner took the stage to do the most hack Bill Cosby jokes uh-huh. where he was like, man, I was raised by Bill Cosby, blah, 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 blah. Like Bill Cosby was like a father figure to me. Like, 
and there were like 15 year old girls in the front row and he's like now you girls you know you wouldn't want bill cosby as your father like weird weird Ugh. weird it's yeah. almost like, like he went in with a plan and then was like i'm gonna burn it all to the ground yeah. and we've all had those moments where we've done sets where we're like this is wrong i shouldn't be saying yeah. this yeah i once did a gig for for a women's shelter that was all about housing homeless girls who were who were pregnant and recovering from drugs and i did this whole bit about cocaine mm. i don't know why i don't know it was like i hovered outside of my body and i was like i shouldn't be saying this right and now and i'm going. doing it yes but here we are yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that, i mean like yeah sometimes you have a set constructed you go to do it you get it you get two-thirds of the or a third of the way in and you're like this is not working none Pivot. of the rest of this is going to work i don't really have anything else uh, prepared for this moment. Um, I'm just going to keep doing it. And then you're yeah. just, yeah. And then it's exactly that out of body experience where you're just like, you're watching yourself as an audience member, like, nope. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Your soul leaves you. And the yeah. thing is, is like the only way those things could even remotely possibly work is if you were like confident as fuck about it. Uh, but, Lean in. but, un but unfortunately when you, when you get in that mindset, like that guy you're talking about, right? Like if he was, if he leaned into it and he was super confident about it, he, he might've, people might've been like, all right. But like, but the fact of the matter is like, he knew what he was saying wasn't right. You the audience knew it wasn't right. And it, so ugh, there was know, blood in the water. Oh man. Mm. That, that's kind of like, I love watching those moments because yeah. it's just like watching a car wreck. Yeah. Um, but then it's also just like, so fucking brutal. Like, Oh God. Um, oh my God. We did a show the other day where some guy was just doing um, like a late night show. And some guy was just saying the crudest, awful like like jokes that i think i've heard in a really long time and nobody was picking up on it you remember that one like the late night at uh no fun oh yeah 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 oh yeah he yeah he, he every one of his jokes is just meant to inflict maximum hey, discomfort yeah. <laughs> and, and shock and i it's just not my cup of tea like no i can i can well appreciate it if it's crafted done well, but, joke yeah. but he there are certain comics too that I don't know. I just, I'm like, I'm always like, well, what is the point of that? Like, where do you want to take this? Cause yeah. there's very few people that that's what, how they would like to be entertained. Yeah. You know, yeah. who's going to uh, book you be like, well, that's the scorched earth. Comic, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, he's going to make all my, all my people cry. And that's really what I'm looking for. <laughs> and, and that was, I, I just struggled with that one because I think when we're, we do get, these bar shows sometimes the audience relationship with the audience and the room and the show and the host and the comics is so delicate that like one lame joke and the audience might just be like fuck this we're out of here you know and yeah. we you know we were hoping this one table that was even there would stay and thank god they did stay through his set uh but if he walked them it would have been like well now we're just performing well, and then i other. went after him so oh. my jokes were they were taking them let's say a lot more harshly than they would have because otherwise. they, they were yeah. so yeah. already off put. Yeah. They were already off put. So, um, like there was like this group of three and, um, the girl was just like, I forget. She said some kind of really harsh criticism of the, uh, I can't even remember it, yeah. but it was just like, it was super harsh. I've already like, repressed just like, Yeah, I know. But it, it, it's like, I, I kept thinking about it cause it was like, Oh, and she was like, what the fuck is wrong with this? But like, yeah, yeah. like something like, but like, just like fully like, and then they just got up and like left and yeah. it was just, uh, because they're done. Yeah. They're yeah. done. Like yeah. you've accosted them. And right. that was, I did a show in Boston where yeah. I followed three guys who were scorched earth like that. And it <laughs> yeah. was, 
and it was like raunchy and it was aimed at women. Yeah. And then I get up and I was like, so Aldi supermarket. <laughs> like with but that also can be fun if you take that and you're like, okay, let's address how fucked up this, like the yeah. past three guys yeah. were. And then, and because you address it and everyone's like, yes. And it yeah. takes, and it brings the air back. Oh into yeah, the yeah. Room. yeah. That's my actually favorite thing to do is go after the, like after the room's been wrecked and just talk about like, let's look at this mess real quick. Yeah. Um, and then, and then everybody lights up and then, and then, and it feels even more of a victory. Yeah. It's a win. That's yeah. why I don't mind the bullet spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you, you can set a tone. There's no mess to clean up. Well, we're not going to experience any of those harsh realities at Smart Ass, your big show, baby, at Stand Up New York, June 29th, 7:30 p.m. Is there any other things that you want to tell the people that you want to um, promote or that's the biggie? About? That is a biggie. That is yeah. that's that going to be very one person show. So it's a lot of autobiographical stuff. Uh, no, it's it's my usual stand up. It's yeah. just I'm now also going into like roasting my family yeah. and just Boston in yeah. general. So it's just a new L. Element of it and I a nice long juicy show. set. Yeah, um, Aaron, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Today. Thank you for having me. Please God. get home safe on Jersey Transit. <laughs> I'll never get home wherever safe. you're commuting to next. I'll scream shut up at some woman. Uh, I'm sure. Guys, I'm Sweet Tea and I'm Sweet Pea. And you've been listening to the Comics Table. Come to our live show every Thursday, every night, Thursday, nine, 9 p.m. St. Mark's Place at the V Spot Brick Spot Comedy Club. Uh, Not a comedy club, but all right. We might have <laughs> yeah, an open mic. Much. We might not. Well, you're going to host the open mic. I'll see you at the show. Yeah. Uh, Please keep hosting the open mic. I like that place. I like yeah. your yeah. mic. Oh, thank you. It's good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.